1: Hello, everyone. Welcome to another Politicus podcast from Palkus. We are so happy that you are with us. Uh, Once again, Denise Borges here with Angela Simonge, our chair of the board. Angela, hello. How are you? Good, Denise. Thanks. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Good. We have another exciting guest today, and we're always excited about all of our guests from different Mm -hmm. branches of government, but we are certainly excited when we get someone that is at the local level where you are so close to the concern of the citizens. And so we're happy to have with us a council member from the city of New Bedford, the great city of New Bedford, Massachusetts, Joseph Lopes. Joseph, welcome.
2: Thank you. Welcome. I appreciate the invitation to, to participate in the podcast
1: well we're happy to have you and we'd like to start basically if you can give us a little bit of introduction about yourself who is Joseph uh, Lopez and how did you end up in the City Council at the great city of New Bedford which has such a strong Portuguese American tradition
2: so like a, like a lot of immigrants that have come to this country my great-grandparents immigrated to the United States my great-grandfather came uh, once before Didn't like it and uh, went back home to uh, Lagoa de Azulas And about a year later, uh, he was forced to come back by his father. He came and then his his brother came the following year. Uh, That was in the early 1900s, uh, 1912, 1911. Grandfather, like a lot of uh, Portuguese immigrants that came here, didn't have uh, an education. So he took a factory job and and worked and and built what he was a better life for his. His only son, uh, his only son was my, my grandfather. Uh, my grandfather was the first to, to go to, to school beyond elementary school or uh, graduate from high school. And then went to a vocational slash trade school and worked. And my father was the first to go on to college. And I was the first in my family to get a master's degree. So I got a master's in international business with a concentration in uh, cultural norms. But the love of politics is one that I can trace back to both uh, my father and my grandfather. I was a very, very young child, say seven or eight, when I worked on my first campaign. A friend of my father's was running for mayor of New Bedford, and you know, went door to door and put flyers on people's car windshields. But I also had the love that my grandfather had of politics. Uh, He had worked on other campaigns and a lot of people that, that were living in America. Uh, at that time, I worked on a, a Kennedy campaign, especially living in Massachusetts. Both my grandfather and my father and my mother as well uh, worked on President Kennedy's campaign when he ran for president. And then subsequently uh, worked on uh, Ted Kennedy's campaigns as well uh, later on in life. And I had the opportunity uh, in 1998 when I was an intern uh, in college, when I got my degree in political science, to meet Ted Kennedy and talk to Ted Kennedy and have a discussion about how so many people that came to America that immigrated here and like his family, uh, were loyal and put time in and worked on his campaigns. And he, he was able to to tell countless stories of people that have told him similar stories of loved ones, family members, where their ancestors, their, their, their father or their grandfather worked on someone's campaign in the family. And I think politics is one of those things where everything comes full circle. Uh, and at the local level, um, politics is definitely comes full circle when you think about what is the one branch of government that everyone can touch is attainable. No matter who you are uh, living in New Bedford, you can see your city councilor uh, grocery shopping or paying a bill or getting gas. How many people see their governor or their congressman at the grocery store or pumping gas? So, local politics uh, mm-hmm. to me is where it's always been where you actually get to to know your city council, you get to know your mayor, you get to know your, elect, your local elected officials because they live in your community, you see them on a regular basis, and 90% of the time when you give them a call, you're calling them personally. You're not calling a staff person or someone in the office that's going to handle uh, a constituent matter. You're calling the, the elected official who's going to handle the matter himself personally for you.
1: So your first position that you have uh, ran for basically is for city council. This was your first time in two thousand nine.
2: Correct. So no, I ran for I ran for city council prior to getting elected in two thousand nine. Uh, I ran three times before. Uh, the first time I lost by thirty five votes uh, was wow. it was a bittersweet def- yeah a bittersweet defeat losing by thirty five votes. That hurts. Um, yeah, uh, it well, does hurt. It a does testament
0: hurt. to every vote counting, right?
2: Every vote does count. I remember I. I won the precinct that I live in by one vote um, oh on the general election by one vote. And I remember my friend who was uh, managing my campaign, I sent him a text message because he was out, you know, doing a thousand things. I'm like, hey, did you take your mother to vote yet? Uh, his mother was a Portuguese immigrant who registered to vote and became an American citizen registered to vote years before I ran. Uh, she was no, she hasn't had a chance to vote yet. And it was probably... 20 minutes before the polls closed. And I'm like, you have to get your mother out to go vote. I said, every, every vote counts. Uh, lo and behold, I won that precinct by one vote. And and we've, we've jokingly referred to that vote as the Gloria vote. Uh, because (laughs) literally, it was, I I won that precinct by one vote.
0: That's amazing.
1: And, uh, From from that, you also are, um, as we see, a uh, council president. Can you kind of enlighten us on what uh, are, what is the role of the council president?
2: So I've, uh, I've been uh, lucky enough to be elected the council president twice. I just finished serving as a council president uh, in January. So I'm the first vice president currently. The council president um, is responsible for a number of different issues. One, you run all the meetings. You set the city council agenda. Right? You also set the committee assignments for the year. Um, So there's a committee of uh, the city council made up of 11 members total with the council president being one of 11. And there's a handful of committees, finance committee, ordinance committee, you name uh, the role of government. and There's a committee to to handle it. Uh, My last year, my second time as council president, so I've been lucky enough to do it twice. Uh, Last year, the state of Massachusetts, the prior year, adopted uh, to legalize recreational marijuana. Uh, and they were coming up with the rules and what would have to be done. Well, the first committee in the Commonwealth to set up to look at at the local level medical marijuana and or recreational ordinances um, to benefit the committee, the community uh, was New Bedford, and I was a city council president, and I actually established that special committee, special committee on cannabis uh, that that looks at how do we create uh, zoning restrictions or, or zoning in place to allow. For what has now become a legal product at the local level, and how do we how do we govern it? Um, setting up distribution ordinances and things of that nature, and to allow the will of the voters to take hold of the city. Uh, and and that committee was, believe it or not, I put an, uh, I put someone of uh, Portuguese descent in that committee by chance, uh, and he's been doing a good job. And that committee is still going on uh, into this year, where we're hoping to have all of the, the final ordinances and in place uh, within September of this year.
1: We know that, of course, New Bedford has uh, such a strong Portuguese-American community, but um, in order to get elected to the city council, can one get elected with just the Portuguese-American votes, or must one forge coalitions with other ethnicities that compose uh, the city of New Bedford?
2: So the city of New Bedford does have a strong, predominantly Portuguese community, um, but that community over the last uh, 15, 20 years has slowly been... uh, Moving out, uh, other communities have been calling New Bedford home. Uh, one of the things about uh, New Bedford and like a lot of communities across the country is it truly is a melting pot uh, where people can feel comfortable. We have a lot of people that have been migrating into New Bedford, uh, not so much from Portugal, but mm-hmm. from other parts of the world. So there is still a strong, predominant Portuguese population, but it's not enough to carry or propel somebody to, uh, into office. Uh, you have to work with, with everyone in the city. Uh, my ward has has a predominantly uh, mixed um, Portuguese, English, Irish community. There's a part of it that has uh, a, a Spanish, Puerto Rican section to it as as well. But that could be said about the entire city of New Bedford. Uh, uh, the city has it truly is a melting pot. You know, we we do flag raisings um, for every nationality that that wants to be represented in the city and. We go from Irish to Greek to Portuguese to Cape Verde and everything in between. We truly are a community of people.
1: And you mentioned also that, of course, your grandparents, your parents were involved in, in politics as far as uh, helping out in different campaigns. So you've come from a family that has uh, this strong roots in the, in the political world, which is not very traditional, unfortunately, in the Portuguese-American community. Not many in the past, anyway, have been involved in the political world as far as in political campaigns. But. What drove you, besides obviously this rich and uh, and really thank God for it, this uh, rich Portuguese um, political involvement? Uh, are there any issues that really drove you to run for city council?
2: When I when I first ran and, and, and lost, uh, one of the biggest issues was there was a neighborhood playground park in my in, in the war that I represent now, and I remember it fondly as a child. And years of neglect had had fallen upon it, and. I knew sooner or later, you know, I would have, you know, I'd have a child of my own, which, I, which I've i been blessed to do now and, and have. But one of the things that I always said was, you know, you, you want to keep kids off the street and you have to give them places to go. And I was teaching at the middle school level and I was keeping the gym at the middle school open a couple nights a week and as well on Saturdays. But that's only, that that only goes to kids that were in middle school. And, and I kept them saying that we needed to have, um, playground and place for parents to go with their kids and feel safe and feel comfortable. So I, I I ran on one of those things was just making sure that kids had a place to go. But it was more than just that, you know. Politics in any community is based on what you could say the the three legs of the stool. Um, it's public safety, it's economic development, and then it's education. And I had been teaching in the classroom, and I saw where education was going, and and I didn't agree with all of the the track that it was on. So when I ran for office, you know, I I I had ran on a couple different initiatives. One, the economy was going gangbusters. If you remember, in two thousand and one, two thousand and two, two thousand and three, the economy was 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 skyrocketing. But yet, some of the things that we should have been using uh, taxpayers' money and federal money, I didn't I didn't think was the best use. And my opponent and I didn't see eye to eye on a couple different things. So I figured instead of it's, it's always easy to. To say to do something, but it's not always easy to put yourself out there and especially running for office where you are putting yourself out there. And I tell people it's your name on the sign. So of course, whatever you do, it's a reflection on, on, on me because it's my name on the sign. But I was, I was willing to take that chance and take that risk. And I, like I said, I, I did, I lost the first time and I lost the second time and I lost the third time. Um, but I was determined and I look back now. I don't think my political career or what I've been able to do on the Reverend city council would have been, uh, to the same level. If I had gotten elected my first time out, I, I know getting elected, you know, eight years later um, that I was one older, smarter, wiser, uh, but also more willing to listen to advice that was given to me. That was realistic and, and practical I don't think the, the younger 29 year old me would have been that realistic or practical to listen to advices when I thought I knew it all. I think, mm-hmm. like, like a lot of people do. Um, my father gave me the best piece of advice running for office. And he said that if you get in, 80% of what you need is better than 0% of what you want. And it took me a little while to understand that. And uh, that has been something that I've used as, as a mantra whenever I work on a project. It's, it's better to make a compromise to get everybody on the same table and everybody on board to try to move it forward than to be a bull in a china shop and demand something and get nothing.
0: So that's some um, interesting that um, your first few times, uh, you know you didn't didn't make it, but yet you persevered. So I'm wondering, on those times when you uh, weren't successful, what did you do to, I guess stay involved in public service? You know, did you work on other campaigns, or what? Uh, what did you do to to maintain your, I guess, activeness in public service, um, even if you weren't on the city council? So, but you were still I, involved.
2: I was involved in in the community. Uh, there was several in, in in my ward, the ward that I represent. Uh, there was three neighborhood groups. I made sure that I went to all the neighborhood meetings, and I was making sure I was listening to. Even though I wasn't the council, I was listening to what the constituents were saying, what their concerns were. If either it be potholes or crime or drugs. or would you name the issue at the local level, I was listening to what they were saying. And I was taking notes even then. And sometimes people were actually calling me instead of the city council. As, as funny as it is, and a friend of my grandfather called me up and said, I know you lost, but I, I, I want a slow children's sign in front of my house. Uh, he lived on a main thoroughfare that had two schools he wanted a slow children sign but he called me and I said well I need to to call another elected official because I can't do it and I did I, I called another one of the, the elected officials in the city and I said uh, I got a request from the gentleman who's looking for a slow children sign in front of his house and I will let him know that if it's done that you're the one that did it and how appreciative he would be and about 60 days later uh the sign was put up between 30 and 60 days and and i called the gentleman back and i said you know i i made the call as i told you i would but i had to call an elected official to do it but it was done he goes no all i care about is signs there i don't care how it got there but i appreciate what you did for me and i won't forget that uh and i remembered that moving forward and sometimes you realize the smallest thing that you can do for somebody is pays the biggest dividends for them because you actually listen to them Mm -hmm. sometimes that's all people are asking for i I was on the phone with a constituent before I called in and he literally asked, me was, you can come by my house tomorrow so I can show you what my problem is. Okay. Right. And I told him, I said, I do have a full-time job. I would love to be a full-time uh, city council, but that's not how it works in New Bedford. So when I get out of my full-time job, before I go to my first city council meeting, I will swing by your house and we'll take a look at it. And he says, okay, that's all he could ask for. But he was just looking for somebody that's going to, that's going to listen to him and, and try to help him out. And that's what I will do tomorrow.
1: So, uh, from the city council, uh, any um, thoughts of uh, where you're going uh, from city council? Any thoughts of uh, for states or even national?
2: You know, I will say uh, everyone asks that question, and it's a question that I've been asking myself. I would love to run for higher office. Uh, I I think, me personally, it's it's going to be look to see what the next opportunity is. It's I've had discussions with people that have been close to me in my campaign that give me. Honest advice, uh, which is the hardest thing to get when you're an elected official. Sometimes everybody just wants to give you the advice that you want. But yes, I'd I'd love to to run at the kind of at another level. I'd love to run at the state level and hopefully someday move on from there. Uh, But I also know that sometimes you you do something that you love, and I love I love at the local level. And I think I do a a good job at it. I've been blessed to to get reelected and to serve on the council going on. This is my ninth year being elected, uh, -elected, re-elected four times after my re-elected four times after the original election. So to serve a total of nine years as it's going on right now. I've also been elected to the city council presidency twice. So I've been I've been blessed to do that in a short period of time, and I think that's why a lot of people ask if I'm going to seek higher office. And uh, one day I would love to. Yes.
1: In this, uh, in the current, uh, you know, political climates, especially at a national level, so things are kind of abrasive, as you know, as we all know. Do you think that uh, this helps or hurts people who want to get into uh, the public uh, office in public service?
2: It does two things. Uh, it helps if if somebody really wants to be engaged. Yes, it, it helps them say, you know what, anyone can can run for office in America. So yes, it it helps in that. It hurts on the other side, when you have people that are running for office that are doing it uh, divisively. And that's the bad thing. When I first ran for office, I never said a bad thing about my opponent, even though my opponent had said a couple things about me that weren't true or factual or actual. And when I first ran, social media was just slowly starting to take hold. Uh, but it was more of not facebook twitter or things of that nature the local newspaper had a a website that people could go and then they could make comments and it would be mediated by the newspaper and and people were going out there and there was no checks and balance you you could say you were somebody and be somebody else people were saying things that was coming from the other guy's camp and my people wanted to say things I said no we're not going to get into a discussion where we're going to get all negative that's not how we're going to run It's not how we're going to win. But I had a lot of people that wanted me to go down that road. And I kept on telling, you know, the minute you start slinging mud and it gets dirty, you turn people off. Mm -hmm. And that's not good for anybody. And I think what's going on right now, the mud slinging is not good for anybody. It's not good for the country. It's not good for the population, people that that call America home. But it's also not good uh, when you're trying to unite a community, a state or a country.
1: And as we come to the end of the podcast, I don't know, Angela, if you have any other questions, but uh, if you don't, we can maybe uh, turn to our uh, good old standby, which is ask Joseph um, to uh, give us a couple words, especially to younger people, but not so much younger people, anybody, any age that would be interested in running. Uh, we keep on telling folks that, um, as it's been said many times, all politics are local. And um It is important that Portuguese Americans have a voice in their community uh, whether in a very large uh, city like Portuguese Americans like New Bedford or other areas throughout the u.s. it's important to be on school boards it's important to be city council it's important to be in uh, here in California at the county level and also obviously it's important to be at state and national level so as uh, we thank you Joseph for your time and thank you for your service to our country and to the city of New Bedford I'd like to maybe ask you to give us a couple thoughts and a couple couple of uh, words to those who are uh, listening to the podcast uh, in, in various parts of the country and the world who might be thinking about it but need just that little nudge, that little extra uh, push to get into the political world.
2: I will I'll speak from my personal uh, love of it. It's something that I personally love. I, I love giving back to my community. Um, and I tell people on a regular basis, people will call and ask me, I'm thinking about running for office, thinking about running for school committee. Or assessor, or if they're in a a city or town running for select board or a finance committee, and I tell them all the time, if if it's something that you want to do, don't wait for an election. Um, There's always a race going on, either at the local level or the national level or the state level. Get involved in somebody else's campaign, see how they run their office, see what they do, see how they get people involved. The other thing you can do is you can get involved. That there's always uh, committees, there's boards. One of my best friends. Doesn't want to run for office, but he wanted to be engaged in his community. And I told him, We can take your talents and put them on a board. And and right now, he's serving on one of the boards, and he's a Portuguese American, uh, first generation. And he's serving on a very important board in the city. And that sometimes leads people to say, You know what? If I can serve on a board or a commission, then maybe I do want to run for office. And maybe I do want to get more involved or engaged, uh, both locally or at the state level when it comes to politics. It's it is truly uh, an amazing thing to be able to help someone, to receive a phone call when you're able to help somebody and all they do is say thank you. Uh, and, and sometimes you're not even expecting to thank you, but when they, they reach out to you and they're appreciative of what you're able to do for them, uh, when you see them at a grocery store and they come up to you and they say hi and thank you and they say, you know, you don't know me, but you were able to help me with X, Y, and Z. The feelings that you get from that, you can't put towards anything else. In and I've played a lot of sports and I've done a lot of different things where you get different adrenaline rushes. Uh, but there's something about being able to help and be part of your community, either serving at the local level or serving on a board or commission uh, or just getting engaged and helping get somebody else elected. Uh, the grassroots of politics is truly what makes a country move forward. Just like the small business is what every community needs to grow, Um, grassroots politics is truly important when it comes to helping your community out. Yeah,
0: I would just add the one final comment. Uh, When you were talking about uh, everything you just said now, Joseph was um, spot on. I totally agree. And when you were talking about you know, not slinging mud and, and not falling prey to that game during your campaign. I just, I think that's very admirable. And I think that's a big reason why a lot of, or most people are disenchanted with politicians these days. And so I think if um, more people could take a page out of that book, we would work towards uh, having more trust and belief in our in our leaders, our political leaders, and, and I think we can make it better. So hopefully that will inspire more people to uh, take the high road as you have and so just wanted to say kudos to you for that
2: thank you i appreciate it
0: but i think that's it denise i don't have any other questions this has been great and um, i think we need to uh, interview your friend that's on the on the committee joseph uh, as an example he, of somebody that can the get involved. Development
2: Commission. yeah he's you know he's uh he was born in mozambique his parents came here uh, right before uh, the government changed hands uh he went to he was the first in his family to go to college. Uh, and he's he's done extremely well for himself. Uh, and he's been in, actively engaged in my campaign, but he didn't want to run for office, but he wanted to be part of his community. and And serving on a commission has been's been very important for him. so every everything helps, and everything comes together.
0: yeah, no, that's excellent. So I think that's it. so we'll we'll wrap this up and thank you again, Joseph, for your time. Thank you um, for the
2: opportunity. I appreciate it. Thank you.
0: Yep. And thanks to everybody Thank out there who are joined us for another episode and spent some time with us listening. We hope that you have enjoyed this conversation. If you haven't clicked subscribe yet, please do so. You can subscribe on iTunes or on SoundCloud. And please leave us a review on iTunes and a rating. It actually really does help for others to discover the Politicus podcast and join in our conversation. And with that, we'll say until next time. Have a great day, everybody.
2: Thank you. Have a great day. Thank,
1: Thank you.
0: you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Politicus, the official podcast of Palcus, the Portuguese American Leadership Council of the United States. Palcus is the premier national organization representing the interests of the Portuguese American community at large. To learn more about Palcus and how to become a member or to make a donation, visit www.palcus.palcus.org. To submit feedback or suggestions about the podcast, email us at palkis at palkis.org. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts and guests of the show are not endorsed by Palkis.